And I saw the heavens open, and the Lamb of God descending out of heaven. And he came down and showed himself unto them. And I also saw and bear record that the Holy Ghost fell upon twelve others, and they were ordained of God and chosen. Hey listeners, this is Nick from Scripture Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, Why are there Hebraisms in the Book of Mormon? According to the Book of Mormon, that book was originally written in a form of Egyptian by authors who also knew and spoke Hebrew. Some scholars interpret this to mean that the Nephite authors wrote in Egyptian, while others believe they adapted an Egyptian script to write in Hebrew. Either way, this means that the original text was written in an ancient Near Eastern language, despite being available only through modern translations, beginning with its divinely inspired English translation in 1829. Many other ancient texts are also only available in a translated form, sometimes from manuscripts that date to long after the originals were composed. For example, the Apocalypse of Abraham has only been preserved in Slavonic, in manuscripts from between the 14th and 17th centuries AD. However, most scholars agree that it was originally composed in Hebrew, or Aramaic, between AD 70 and 150, based on numerous textual clues that appear to be dependent on a Semitic language. The linguistic features that provide evidence for a Hebrew or Aramaic original are often called Hebraisms or Semiticisms. Amy Paulson Reed has noted that among scholars who have studied the Apocalypse of Abraham, there is a rare display of unity concerning its Semitic origin. One textual clue supporting this view comes from the frequent use of the wa prefix, often translated as and or but in English. For example, Apocalypse of Abraham, chapter 11, verses 4 through 5 reads, And he said to me, Abraham, and I said, Here is your servant. And, he said, let my appearance not frighten you, nor my speech trouble your soul. Come with me, and I will go with you. Although this may feel repetitive to English speakers, this prefix was crucial in ancient Hebrew, which lacked punctuation and therefore needed some other way to distinguish between separate, complete thoughts. Similarly, the phrase, and it came to pass, reflects a single word in Hebrew. It was commonly used as a temporal marker and is found prominently throughout the Apocalypse of Abraham. Another common Hebrew-like feature in the Apocalypse of Abraham is the metaphorical use of body parts to display an action or emotion. On one occasion, Abraham expressed concern by stating that my heart was perplexed. Other instances include my spirit was amazed and my soul fled from me and my soul has loved God. Numerous other kinds of Hebraisms have been identified throughout the text. Since some features of the Apocalypse of Abraham suggest the Slavonic edition was translated from a Greek version of the text, some may be tempted to assume its Hebraisms are due to the use of Biblicized Greek, meaning Greek that imitated the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. One expert on the Apocalypse of Abraham considered this possibility, but ultimately concluded the sheer number of Semitisms is best explained by the hypothesis of a Semitic original. Other textual details offer stronger evidence of a Semitic original that would make little sense as coming from a Biblicized Greek. For example, some quotations or allusions to the Bible found in the Apocalypse of Abraham appear to reflect the Hebrew Masoretic text, or the Aramaic Targums rather than the Greek Septuagint. The expression, I said in my heart, 
likely reflects the use of a Hebrew prepositional phrase that was not translated into the Targums or the Septuagint, making this a true Hebraism. Additional prepositional phrases invoke Hebrew syntax in ways not found in Biblicized Greek. Some apparently Semitic words go untranslated in the Slavonic text. An instance of this is found in Apocalypse of Abraham, chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 8, when Terah requests Abraham bring him his axes and his mala, likely a Hebrew word meaning chisel. Perhaps most compelling, however, is the presence of Hebrew or Aramaic names used in word plays that would make sense only to a Semitic audience. For example, the name of the idol Beresat is likely derived from the Hebrew or Aramaic name Barheshath, meaning son of fire or fiery one. This reconstruction is amusingly ironic being that Barashat is itself burned with fire in Apocalypse of Abraham chapter 5. The names of the other idols each have a similar Semitic meaning that is either descriptive of the idol's role in the narrative or furthers the mockery of the idol in an ironic and humorous way. The apparent puns involved in these names are completely dependent on the reader's knowledge of the Semitic undertones. As noted previously, the combination of all these Semitic features and many others has led to a strong consensus among scholars, with one leading expert concluding that the existence of the Semitic original may be considered proven beyond any doubt. Like the Apocalypse of Abraham, the Book of Mormon contains many linguistic features that are typical of ancient Near Eastern languages, including several examples similar to those found in the Apocalypse of Abraham. Donald W. Perry and other scholars have noted that the Book of Mormon frequently uses the wa prefix, much like the Bible and other Hebrew texts do. This can be seen in the description Nephi gave of his vision early on in the Book of Mormon, and I saw the heavens open, and the Lamb of God descending out of heaven, and he came down and showed himself unto them, and I also saw and bear record that the Holy Ghost fell upon twelve others, and they were ordained of God, and chosen. The phrase, and it came to pass, is likely predominantly used in the Book of Mormon in a manner typical of Hebrew writing. In addition, Book of Mormon authors sometimes employ imagery of body parts to convey great emotion, just as seen in the Apocalypse of Abraham. Mormon states that, My heart did begin to rejoice within me when he believed the Nephites would repent. Scholars have also pointed out the use of the cognate accusative, such as dreamed a dream. The construct states such works of righteousness instead of righteous works, and compound prepositions such as by the mouth of angels instead of simply saying by angels. These and many other types and examples of Hebraisms are well documented. Similar Hebraisms occur in the King James Version of the Bible and can be found in other English language works from the 19th century that imitate King James English. However, just as with the Apocalypse of Abraham, the sheer volume of Hebraisms found throughout the Book of Mormon should not be readily dismissed. Furthermore, there are several other Hebraisms in the Book of Mormon not found in the King James Bible. For instance, Perry observes that sometimes in the Book of Mormon, and is used where but is expected. One example of this is found in Omni chapter 1 verse 25, which states that there is nothing which is good save it comes from the Lord and that which is evil cometh from the devil. According to Perry, such examples are indicative of a literal translation from a Hebrew-like text, since in Hebrew, 
The wa prefix is used for both conjunctions, something not readily discernible to an English reader of the Bible. Another example of a common Hebrew construction is the if-and clause. No examples of this conditional phrase are found in the King James Version or other modern English translations of the Bible, but they are found in the earliest manuscripts of the Book of Mormon. The earliest text for Mosiah chapter 2 verse 21 reads, I say, if ye should serve him with your whole soul, and yet ye would be profitable servants. This led Perry to remark, this finding underscores that the Book of Mormon's use of Hebraistic literary forms cannot simply be attributed to Joseph Smith's familiarity with the English Bible. In some cases, biblical quotations in the Book of Mormon more closely reflect the Bible's underlying Hebrew than the King James Version does. This can be seen in the writings of Nephi and Alma, each of which appears to be familiar with the Hebrew of Isaiah's writings, in which, unlikely known by Joseph Smith in 1829 due to his limited education at the time. Similar to the Apocalypse of Abraham, the Book of Mormon also contains some untranslated words that appear to be of Semitic origin. For instance, the word Shehem appears in a list of grains and crops in Mosiah chapter 9 verse 9 and is similar to a common Akkadian word referring to cereal grains. The word Zif appears in a list of metals and may be derived from a Hebrew root meaning splendor, brightness, or it could be related to the place name Zif found in Joshua chapter 15 verse 24. Many Book of Mormon names have also been shown to have Semitic or Egyptian origins. Like other ancient texts, Book of Mormon names are used in word plays that get lost in translation. For example, when Zenith asks the Lamanite king if his people might possess the land in peace, the Lamanites give them the land of Lehi-Nephi and the land of Shilom. The name Shilom is based on the Hebrew root Shlom, meaning peace. Zenith further uses this root in an ironic twist. There was ultimately no peace, but rather war in the land of Shilom. This is only a small sample of proposed Hebraisms and other Semitic-like features found in the Book of Mormon. Many other examples could be given, including additional examples not immediately apparent in English translations of the Bible. Due to the high volume of these Near Eastern linguistic patterns, it would stand to reason that the Book of Mormon's claims about its ancient Near Eastern origins ought to be taken seriously. President Russell M. Nelson once observed, the Book of Mormon is rich with Hebraisms, traditions, symbolisms, idioms, and literary forms. In fact, the Book of Mormon has virtually all the same features that have convinced scholars that the Apocalypse of Abraham is a translation of an ancient Semitic text. As such, these features reasonably support the Book of Mormon's claims to be an authentic, ancient text translated by the Prophet Joseph Smith from an ancient Near Eastern language. According to Donald W. Perry, it is highly doubtful that Joseph Smith knew anything about the Hebraic features of the Book of Mormon that have been identified by scholars long after his death. Similarly, John Ventness noted, many expressions used in the Book of Mormon are awkward or unexpected in English, even in Joseph Smith's time. Yet they make good sense when viewed as translations, perhaps as too literal translations, from an ancient text written in a Hebrew-like language. Such findings lead Elder Jeffrey R. Holland to note that the Book of Mormon is a text teeming with literary and Semitic complexity that cannot be easily ignored by those who wish to seriously grapple with Joseph Smith's prophetic mission. While the ultimate evidence for the Book of Mormon comes from the promptings of the Holy Ghost, recognizing the ancient literary techniques employed in its pages 
can help strengthen faith in its Christ-centered message. Thank you for listening to this presentation from Scripture Central. For more information, please visit scripturecentral.org.